Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of heart murmurs from the cardiovascular section on MedBullets.com. Let's get into the topic. Let's start with the discussion about auscultation rules of thumb. The rule of thumb or mnemonic, quote, all physicians take money, guides you to remembering the following. First, the aortic valve's auscultation point is located in the upper right sternal border. The pathologic conditions associated with the aortic valve include aortic stenosis, flow murmur, and aortic valve sclerosis. Next, let's discuss the left ventricular outflow tract obstruction. This involves a lateral displacement of maximal impulse. It also involves an S4 gallop. In terms of auscultation findings, there would be an upper left sternal border, or ULSB, harsh crescendo-decrescendo systolic murmur. An example of this would be hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. Next, let's discuss the pulmonic valve. The auscultation point of the pulmonic valve is also the upper left sternal border. Conditions associated with the pulmonic valve include pulmonic stenosis, and a flow murmur, as in the case with atrial septal defect. Next, let's discuss the tricuspid valve. The tricuspid valve's auscultation point is the lower left sternal border, or LLSB. Conditions related to the tricuspid valve include pansystolic murmur, which can be caused by tricuspid regurgitation, and a VSD. Another condition is diastolic murmur, which can be caused by tricuspid stenosis and ASD. Next, let's talk about the mitral valve. The auscultation point for the mitral valve is at the apex. The murmurs associated with the mitral valve include systolic murmur caused by mitral regurgitation and diastolic murmur caused by mitral stenosis. Let's now review a murmur cheat sheet that discusses the various different causes of the two different types of murmurs, systolic and diastolic. A crescendo-decrescendo systolic murmur is caused by aortic stenosis, which would be a murmur to the neck, a mitral valve prolapse, which would be a click sound, and HACM, or hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. A systolic holosystolic murmur is caused by mitral regurgitation, which would be a murmur to the axilla, a tricuspid regurgitation, which would be increased by inspiration, and a ventricular septal defect which would be a harsh murmur. A crescendo-decrescendo diastolic murmur would be caused by aortic regurgitation. A holosystolic diastolic murmur would be caused by mitral stenosis, which involves an opening snap. Next, let's talk about murmur identification. We'll talk about the various different murmurs, their associated lesions, shapes, location heard, things that alter them, and characteristics. First, let's talk about aortic stenosis. The shape involved is a crescendo-decrescendo murmur. In terms of the location heard, it radiates to the neck or the carotids and the apex. Note that it is not altered by anything. In terms of characteristics of aortic stenosis, you would notice a quote parvus et tardis or pulses weak compared to heart sounds. Note that an aortic stenosis follows an ejection click due to the halting of the valve leaflets. Next, let's discuss hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, or HOCM, or HACM. 
in terms of the shape, this murmur is also a crescendo-decrescendo murmur. Note that in terms of the location heard, it can be heard at the upper left sternal border. In terms of the things that alter it, a decreased venous return, for example, doing a valsalva, can increase the murmur. Next, let's discuss mitral valve prolapse, or MVP. In terms of the shape, this would be a late crescendo murmur. In terms of the things that alter it, an increased TPR, for example, squatting or hand grip, would decrease the murmur, and a decreased venous return, for example, a valsalva maneuver, would increase the murmur. In terms of characteristics of mitral valve prolapse, it would involve a mid-systolic click due to tensing of the chordae tendini. It would be loudest at S2. Note that it would be heard later with an increase in afterload, for example, with a hand grip. Next, let's discuss mitral regurgitation, or MR. With respect to the shape, this would be a hollow systolic murmur. In terms of the location heard, this murmur radiates to the axilla. Note that it is altered by an increase in TPR, for example, with squatting or hand grip. Note that it is also altered by an increase in left atrial return, for example, with expiration. In terms of characteristics, this would be a high-pitched blowing murmur. Next, let's discuss tricuspid regurgitation, or TR. In terms of the shape, this is a hollow systolic murmur. In terms of the location heard, this would radiate to the right sternal border. In terms of the things that alter it, an increase in RA return or right atrial return, for example with inspiration, would alter it. In terms of characteristics, this would be a high-pitched blowing murmur. Next, let's discuss ventricular septal defect, or VSD. In terms of the shape, this is a hollow systolic murmur. In terms of characteristics, it would be a harsh-sounding murmur. Let's now talk about diastolic murmurs. The first of the diastolic murmurs is aortic regurgitation. In terms of the shape, this would be an early decrescendo murmur. In terms of the location heard, it would be at the left sternal border with the patient leaning forward. In terms of characteristics, it would be a high-pitched blowing murmur that is heard at the end of expiration. And the second diastolic murmur is mitral stenosis, or MS. In terms of its shape, it is a late rumble murmur. In terms of the location heard, it is heard in the lateral left decubitus position. In terms of the things that alter it, an increase in left atrial return, for example with expiration, would alter it. In terms of characteristics, this would be an opening snap due to the tensing of the chordae tendini in early diastole after A2. Let's now talk about two other murmurs. The first is the patent ductus arteriosus, or PDA-related murmur, and the second is atrial septal defect, or ASD-related murmur. In terms of PDA, the shape is continuous. In terms of its location heard, it is best heard at the ULSB, or the upper left sternal border. In terms of characteristics, it is a machine-like or continuous or constant murmur heard through systole and diastole. And lastly, the atrial septal defect murmur is a systolic and diastolic murmur. In terms of the location heard, the systolic murmur is best heard at the upper left sternal border or the pulmonic valve. 
and the diastolic murmur is best heard at the lower left sternal border or the tricuspid valve. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question, a 65-year-old male with a history of coronary artery disease and myocardial infarction status post-coronary artery bypass graft or cabbage surgery presents to his cardiologist for a routine appointment. On physical exam, the cardiologist appreciates a hollow systolic, high-pitched blowing murmur heard loudest at the apex and radiating towards the axilla. Which of the following is the best predictor of the severity of this patient's murmur? 1. Enhancement with hand grip maneuver. 2. Enhancement with expiration. 3. Presence of audible S3. 4. Enhancement with inspiration or 5, presence of audible S4. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, presence of audible S3. This patient is presenting with mitral regurgitation, or MR. The severity of mitral regurgitation can be best predicted by the presence of an audible S3. Remember, mitral regurgitation occurs when the mitral valve fails to close properly and blood flows retrograde across the mitral valve during systole. Mitral regurgitation is the most common form of valvular heart disease and is often due to ischemic heart disease, mitral valve prolapse, or left ventricular or LV dilation. Mitral regurgitation produces a characteristic holosystolic high-pitched blowing murmur best heard at the apex and often radiating to the axilla. It is enhanced by maneuvers that increase total peripheral resistance, for example squatting and hand grip, or left atrial return, for example expiration. The severity of mitral regurgitation can be best predicted by the presence of an audible S3. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1 is incorrect because while enhancement with hand grip maneuver caused by increased total peripheral resistance does occur in mitral regurgitation, it does not signify severity of mitral regurgitation. Answer choice 2 is incorrect because while enhancement with expiration caused by increased left atrial return does occur in mitral regurgitation, it does not signify severity of mitral regurgitation. Answer choice 4 is incorrect because enhancement with inspiration does not occur in mitral regurgitation. And finally, answer choice 5 is incorrect because presence of an audible S4 does not occur in mitral regurgitation. Next question. A 65-year-old male presents to his cardiologist to discuss increasing episodes of dyspnea after climbing stairs. He also now needs three pillows at night to sleep. Physical examination reveals an early diastolic murmur best appreciated at the left sternal border with bounding peripheral pulses. The cardiologist is very concerned and immediately refers the patient for a surgical follow-up. What is the most likely diagnosis? 1. Mitral valve insufficiency 2. Aortic regurgitation 3. Mitral stenosis 4. Aortic stenosis or 5. Atrial myxoma. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 2. Aortic regurgitation. 
Aortic regurgitation is associated with a diastolic murmur heard at the left sternal border with increasing volume at end expiration. Remember, aortic regurgitation can present as either an acute or chronic process. Patients with chronic aortic regurgitation can adapt physiologically through enlargement of the left ventricle in an effort to decrease filling pressures. Over time, patients may become symptomatic and suffer with symptoms similar to heart failure. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1 is incorrect because the characteristic mitral regurgitation murmur is a high-pitched holosystolic murmur heard loudest at the cardiac apex. Answer choice 2 is incorrect because the characteristic mitral stenosis murmur is described as a rumbling diastolic murmur with an opening snap heard best at the cardiac apex. Answer choice 3 is incorrect because the characteristic aortic stenosis murmur is a systolic ejection murmur heard loudest at the second right intercostal space. And finally, answer choice 4 is incorrect because an atrial myxoma is a benign tumor of the heart that is often found in the atria. It can be associated with an audible, quote, tumor plop, which is a sound related to tumor movement. And that's all for this review about heart murmurs. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.